It was like my first corporate job. Mm. It was naive. First job, Greencastle, Indiana, executive sous chef, walking the place. First thing a lady tells me, oh, you're going to be our boss. You're Mexican? <laughs> yes. You have to you have to have patience with us. Mexicans clean dishes. Ooh. We're not used for Mexicans to tell us what to do. Wow. But you seem nice. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it's my first day and I, I'm I'm naive. Like I'm sorry, but I was like very naive and I was like, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Bang Kong Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez. Today we are not joined by Petey the Dog, but we are joined as usual by 8th grade basketball MVP and chili cook-off champion Michael Beltran, uh, as well as very special guest, Chef Carla Hoyos, who, if you follow all of uh, Michael's things, you know, is on the verge of doing a uh, collaboration dinner that Pumped. I think will be out before uh, this episode might or might be out after the dinner. It's That's possible. a bummer. I, well, because we have the two Vanessa Garcia things, we have the Jorge right. thing. There's a lot of stuff. This is a this podcast is like there's a lot happening here. Um, what? <laughs> he tells me, like, I don't know that. Like, I get it. We have a yeah, lot of Yeah, there's a lot on. of stuff happening. But I, I think even for people who are at the dinner, which, you, you know, is, is pretty much sold out by this point. Um, Almost. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not like we, we – but I think that this podcast will be uh, an interesting thing for people to uh, to take in after that dinner if they've gone. And if they haven't, uh, this will be hopefully the thing that takes at least some people to uh, Carla's upcoming restaurant. Is it Tagotomia? Yes. Tagotomia. Wow. I was going to ask you how to say that. Tagotomia. 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 Oh, got it. Oh. <laughs> so it's not, it's not Tagotomia. It's Tagotomia. Sí. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Before, um, we, uh, um, yeah. before we talk about the collaboration, which we were just talking about, which is going to be great, um, thanks for doing this. Oh, I know you're very invite. busy and you work a lot. Um, you know, I think people who know you and have followed you a good amount know the amount of incredible good things that you've done, the great things you've done over the last few years. But before we get to like the last few years, let's start from the beginning and like what made you want to cook, you know, like all these things. Because I think it's very important to when we get to your restaurant, like after the couple of things yeah. that we talked about last week. Well, I, uh, from Mexico. Uh, so I think part of like cooking and everything, it's like, it's always been in me and it's always been in my family. Like I grew up with my grandmother mostly. Uh, my dad's side of the family is from Spain. Oh yeah. Uh, what part of Spain? Uh, Santander. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mother is like from the countryside in Mexico. So it's the, the typical telenovela. The rich family doesn't like the, <laughs> the other family. Oh yeah. So, um, so a lot of my summers and a lot of like my holidays I will spend at the farm with my grandmother because my parents had to work. Right. Uh, so, you know, just simple things like making the beans with my grandmother, making the nixtamal, she will grow her own corn. Like all of those things that I would see as like normal, like whatever, you know, I would love to always, you know, like uh, help her with that. And I will come home and I'll be like, hey, mom, I'm going to cook the beans like my, my grandma taught me or I'm going to do these like these. 
uh, I was that weird child that instead of wanting Christmas presents, wanted uh, cooking books, pastry. That's amazing. Like at 12, I will be like, I want to, I, I will, I don't know how to explain it. I will get like so pumped up and excited. I remember my first, uh, when I was 13, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like begged my parents. They brought me a KitchenAid. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I cried. <laughs> and I would like spend the whole Christmas making chocolate brownies and cookies. That's amazing. Um, so it's always been something that I, you know, like it's, I'm just passionate. It was baking before. Then I went to culinary school. Uh, Where? In Veracruz. I started in Veracruz. Before that, I spent uh, a year in France. Uh, I told my dad that I was gonna, you know, I wanted to learn French. I'm always meaning, I've always wanted to do languages. Because my dad was not very happy about me doing cooking at that time. You know, it was like, I feel eh. like parents are never very happy about the cooking. You know, they're like, thing. you like to fight, you just be a fucking lawyer. Like, you like to fight, <laughs> like, you're gonna be do, doing good. I'm like, no, I, I wanna cook. Um, so I went to do a course, like, on French. But I had this deal with the lady that I lived in, and I was like, I hope you prep dinner, but if you take me every day at 2 a.m. to this bakery where I can work, of course, working for free, and they wouldn't let me do anything but, like, roll the dough or, like, like clean the trays. But it was something, you know? Like, right. I got to experience a little bit. <coughs> um, so I was there for a year, came back, did culinary school, and uh, I started to like, like, the savory side. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, I mean... I cannot even tell. I don't, you might remember, you know, the first time you get to try a chef coat and mm-hmm. you think you are, like, the biggest thing in the world. Like, mm-hmm. nothing can touch you because I have my chef coat on. Um, so, yeah, like, in the middle of the the school, I won, like, a competition, like, to do, like, some, like, dishes with certain products. And you will go, they will pick, like, six people to go do a stash at, like, a 3D three Michelin star restaurant in Spain. So I went... Uh, I did three months, and then I got along with the chefs very well, and they asked me to come back. So after that, I did my last year of college there. Like, I did, like, an investigation with, uh, like, my thesis. I did uh-huh. the investigation there at the lab- laboratorio uh-huh. of the, with Martin Brasategui. And uh, after that, I, I went to Italy to work for a little bit. I worked for a year there, uh, like a very traditional trattoria in Firenze. And... I went back home, opened a catering business. It was doing amazing, very, very good. Uh, but then my dad's sister, she lives in Indiana, and the mayor of Indiana wanted to open a Mexican restaurant at a certain part of the town. And, you know, they, they were like, okay, we'll get you, like, a work permit and, and everything. If you come, open the restaurant, help us. And, well, I did it. And two years after, I mean, it was, it was going perfectly. And I wanted to leave. How old, how old were you then? 21, mm-hmm. 20, 20 something. Um, young. Young. Yeah. Man, young to open a restaurant. Ooh. Yeah. But it was, I've always been a systems person. I think that's why too, too much. I mm. think I'm, I think that's something that I need to learn, not be so square. about how much systems I like. No, I mean... I'm like the opposite. You know, like... systems person. You know, I'm like A, B, C. Like, I don't want people... I mean, it's bad to say it. Like, I think something I need to get better at. But that's also a lot of, like, the the baking and, like, pastry behind you has a lot to do with, like, systems because it's all Yeah, like, everything, you know, like... And, you know, when I was in Indiana, after I I did the, the restaurant, you know, I was like, okay, it was like... I was like... 
on this like special work visa and i was like okay if i stay two years more i can get like a green card and then that way you know like as a young chef i can go to vegas and work in these beautiful restaurants oh, i never did it though but yeah. i started to work for bon appetit the food service company so they're kind of like the high-end for service company and it was like my first corporate job mm. it was naive first job green castle indiana executive sous chef walking the place first thing a lady tells me oh you're gonna be our boss you're mexican <laughs> yes, you have to. You have to have patience with us. Mexicans clean dishes. Ooh. We're not used for Mexicans to tell us what to do. Wow! But you seem nice. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it's my first day, and I, I'm I'm naive. Like, I'm sorry, but I was like very naive, and I was like, okay. Like, of course, I didn't say anything. I could have, but you know, I was like, okay. Um, learn a lot from that job you know like there was even people that i will have to go to the cdp so the cdp gives directions to the cook because the cook will find it offensive to take direction from me right Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars. Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir, along with classic Cuban aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro, uses 100% Aganorsa leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 cover leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend. When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganorsa leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganorsa leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at www.agonorsaleaf.com The two of us smoke Agonorsa Leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, but also, I just want to note a little personal anecdote here so it's not all totally straight-up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars. Yeah. But you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking nearby Alonzo Morning, and we had a conversation about cigars, and he handed me one of his, and I went inside. I bought this exact same cigar, and I handed Alonzo Morning this Aganorsa cigar, and I said, try this. Thank me later. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Aganorsaleaf.com introducing the newest line from jura state cigars 20 acre farm is a complex refined and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus built at la gran fabrica drew estate in nicaragua using a velvety and i mean velvety 
Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade Grown Wrapper. Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Habano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. Florida sun-grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borshowicz, who's the guy you see in his video playing behind us, uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm, along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic. And what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, what Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, so it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida um, in products from a company like Drew Estate. Plus, 20-acre farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of Master Blender and Pancom podcast guest, Willie Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online. Ask your local cigar shop about 20-acre farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at DrewEstate.com. That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now. I, what are we waiting for? So, um, hey, chef. But you know, uh, I was there for like eight months, and then they promoted me to like like the corporate executive chef, and I did. You know, I will do a lot of like opening like Google accounts or like whatever like big accounts and concepts for them. I love that job. It's um, open. Just got to. No way. It doesn't lock. Ah, you eat it. There it is. It's a little bit of grease. There it is. Mm. So everything was like sustainable, like locally sourced, not more than 50 miles from where we were cooking for like 2,000 students a day, like everything made from scratch. So after I think five years there, uh, five I years, I was there five years. If wow. I did. And I in India and I had an organization as well. It was called Amigos. It was more to help immigrants and and you know a lot of what happens and here we have more Latinos but places like Indiana you know it's like minority and the ones that are there they're not how do you say they're not very well informed about what their rights are what they're is not right. empowered they're not empowered so right. a lot of the things that happen is that let's say you're you're undocumented and the police stops you because you skipped a light or something you immediately think that it's okay for them to take you to jail and and you give up all your like you do still have rights you know and a lot of the people like the lack of information is what will allow the law to take advantage of them right so a lot of what we did with this organization was to like help people be informed <coughs> or have that number of like this happened to you this is the resources that you can use this you still have rights and we will work a lot with the consulate and we're like with a lot of like organizations to like I, like help these people uh, be informed about what the rights were. So because it's it's horrible to see how much they take an advantage of Latinos, you know, like right. they don't know. So I think that's why also um, Chef Jose, he's mm -hmm. very good friends with the CEO of Bon Appetit. Mm -hmm. So when Maria hit Puerto Rico, they ask him like to send them like send me your three people that can. I need to, you know, do a kitchen from zero to thousands of meals in like 
two days. So that's when I got the call mm. to to go to Puerto Rico. They were like, um, "How many years ago was that?" Five years. Oh wow! It's been five years already. Five years. Damn. So September, yeah, it's gonna be five years. Mm. No, five years since the end of September. Mm. Um, and yeah, I got the call. They were like, "There's this chef." I didn't know who Jose Andres was. I really didn't. And there's this chef and. He's in Puerto Rico, there's a hurricane, they're helping, and they need to, you know, build this kitchen, build these systems, and that's what you do. So can you go for a week and help them get everything set up, organized, and then you just come back? I was like, perfect, you know? Get a satellite radio, get cash, and, you know, whatever you need, because everything's closed. And I was like, so I got to Puerto Rico. Yeah, like a, one of those movies, you know, like cancel flights, People sleeping on the... I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I'm a adventurous person, but there I was like, why? What did I do this? Um, I was in Puerto Rico after I had to leave. I met Jose. He was screaming. I remember the first day I met him. I was like, no way. I'm going to work with this person. No. <laughs> like, no. I'm not. Like, no. I don't care. Get me back to Indiana, to my corporate job where people respect each other. <laughs> like, I don't want these. Um, but I, I mean, suddenly I was like leading the, the kitchen and I set up the sandwich line that we still use in War Central Kitchen. I set up the system for the meals. Um, when I was leaving, uh, I told Jose, you know, I was like, Hey chef, thank you so much. We were in a meeting and, um, I have to go back. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm here only for a week. He's like, no, he's like. How are you? You're leading these. Like, why are you leaving? He grabs his iPad. He gives me his iPad. And he's like, write an email to your CEO from my email. Tell him amazing things about you <coughs> and tell him that you're staying and then I'll pay you. I'm like, Jose, I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> he's like, you're not going to lose your job. Do you want to be a part of this? Because we're about to go big and we're going to feed the island. And this is going to be big. Like, do you want to be a part of this or do you just want to go to your job? I was like... <laughs> Okay, I want to be a part of this, but I also don't want to lose my job. And uh, so, you know, I end up staying in that kitchen. We were doing 75,000 meals a day out of one kitchen. So I was in charge of like ordering, inventory, menus, uh, volunteers. Sometimes he was like 500 volunteers in a day. So I was there until I was there for like three months until we closed. We moved the kitchen to like the Dorado, like a smaller scale. And then after that, I went back to Indiana, happy, my Midwestern life, super chill. And then his people started like, hey, no, no commitment. Can you send us your resume? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want you to send me. I don't want to send you. No, resume. because, you know, I was I, I'm a very loyal person. Like I loyal in a way, like if I'm committed to something, I'm committed to something. And I don't care. Like if I was committed to Bon Appetit and I was just. I was just out and and the CEO like sent me like this big bonus and thank you. Like I was, I really loved my job. Mm. Like, you know, I got to speak with the farmers and like the farmers will come like with a load of like, Hey chef, I have 400 pounds of these peppers. I, I was like, there you go. We're going to pickle and we're going to have local items. It, I loved it. Like I, I got to like work with the product or I have my own farm. And uh, they were like, come to Miami you know like there's this restaurant the best restaurant and it's so good it's the bazaar and you're gonna I was like Miami is 
no. <laughs> I don't like Miami. It's pretentious. I don't want Miami. I don't even want to go vacation in Miami. I'm sorry, but that's that was my mentality. Like, I, I don't fit there. Like, I don't want Miami. Like, and then this kept going, like, until, like, mid-January where Jose called me. He's like, are you going to send the resume? Like, nobody... I was like, okay, chef, I will. So I send the resume and um, they fly me to South Beach for, I think this was like end of end of January. They take me to Bazaar Mar. They take me to Bazaar. They, I mean, of course, I was like, whoa. First, first thought, these people, they're wrong. They don't know that I can't do this. I can't. Like, I'm going to mess up because I think they're wrong about me. I can't do, I, I, I haven't, I'm not capable of doing this mm-hmm. I don't want to lie to these people this is too much for me I don't have the skill I don't have like, and I can't I mean what do they want you to do be the CDC of Bazaar mm. I was like I can't the one on the beach the one on the beach well when I talked to David Thomas he you know he and I had not come to these these places David was with me working in Puerto Rico and he's the corporate chef for the Bazaars he's like hey we have two Bazaars we have you know, one that's a smaller scale, this, this, this. And then he's about that. I think that's going to be boring for you. So we have this other one that is bigger, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, all the in-room dining, events, uh, all the food for the pool, all the food for the... Oh, I want. I would want the other one. Yeah, yeah but when you're like 20 and you're like, oh, I want the bigger one. And for oh. me, it was like, okay, bigger one. If I'm gonna... I was like, to be honest, like small, like... I was not smart, maybe. <laughs> um, so, you know, they flew me like that. I met, but of course, my first thought was like, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I can't. Like, these people are wrong. Like, I'm going to do the testing, and but the only thing that I want to do is not to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And for them to think, to, to, how do you say, to, que se den cuenta, que, que no soy tan buena, sabes, that I'm not that good. So, I do the tasting. I started cooking because I was supposed to cook on Saturday and present Sunday morning. But we went to dinner to Asarmar on Saturday. We came back from dinner like at 1 a.m. And then my tasting was at 9 a.m. So I was like, no, I'm not going to mess it up. So I went straight to cooking. I started cooking like at 2 a.m. I am from a, from a fisherman, fisherman town, uh-huh. Veracruz. Seafood. It's my thing. You know, it's the thing that I will do with my father. Like, we will go fishing or we will go. So I was like, I'm going to do an octopus now. I messed up the octopus. Mm. I messed it up. Like, on the first hour, I messed up octopus. I cut myself. I was so nervous. In my mind, I was like, Carla, just don't make a fool out of yourself. Mm. Like, don't make a fool out. I redo the whole menu that I was going to do. I redo, like... I changed the whole menu that I told them I was going to do. I mean, at the end, it worked out very good. But I was so nervous. Like, every, nothing worked out, like, at the, at the beginning. And, uh, you know, a week after, I come back to Indiana, blah, blah, blah. They send me an offer. I look at the offer, and I'm like... So, apparently, it went well. It went very if, well. If they, if they get... <laughs> okay. Yeah, it went Wait, well. No, you, fast, you you jumped the whole tasting, so then you you changed the whole menu. I changed the whole menu. It went well, but I'm just telling you, I was so nervous that I like I messed everything up at the beginning. I had to change everything. I think it was until like 4:30 a.m. You know, I we were on the beach. I went out. I cried for like five minutes, and I was like, <laughs> I 
just don't make a fool of yourself. And I call my sister because I always call my sister. She's a psychologist. So when I'm in crisis, I'm like, Marisol, I'm like, just, she's like, Carla, come on. <laughs> so, you know, I had like my five minutes of therapy with my sister. And then I came back. I just did like a whole different menu. And it went well. Mm. Uh, came back to Indiana that Sunday. And, you know, a week after, they sent me a very good offer. And I look at it and I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess two years in Miami is not that bad. Right. <laughs> two years in Miami, two years, that's it. So I talked and I'm, you know, I call him and I'm like, hey, just give me a couple months. You know, I have to move my whole house. Like, and they're like, uh-uh, Chef Jose is here for food and wine. That's exactly in 20 days. And you have to be here with him. I'm like, so I gave everything away. In Indiana, I packed my car with my books my kitchen stuff and half of my clothes because I gave it all away as well. And I drove to Miami, to South Beach. I lived in the hotel for the first two weeks because I didn't even have a place to live. And that's how my Miami journey started. <laughs> so how was it when you got here? I mean, so you were here for food and wine. I was here for food and wine. <coughs> um, my first, exp I mean, my first, one of my first days, you know, like, as I repeat, I don't, I don't know if naive is a good word. I'm, I'm coming from the from the Midwest, from very corporate America, from very like, if it's 7 p.m., it's 7 p.m. If it's this, it's this. If you know, it's very structured. It's very right. Everything. So I get to Bazaar. You know, we start doing the stuff with food and wine. We're setting up for the event, and uh, everyone. You have all these chefs that have worked with with Jose for like. 20 years, 15 years, you know, the the one that was executive chef at Bazaar, sous chefs that have been with Jose since they opened Bazaar, and there's sous chefs there. And there comes this newie, me, that has never worked for Jose, and Jose wants to offer her one of the best, I mean, positions that he has in the company and one of his, I think, high, higher-end restaurants, you know? Like, so, of course, everyone was curious, like, who the hell is she? And mm -hmm. why is she the serving of this position? Of course, I would have asked the same, you know, if, if you're working in the company for so long. And so Jose comes. We're setting up for one of the paella events for food and wine. I remember and I was just like trying to like, I don't know, I was very nervous. Like I was very nervous I, and intimidated because I, I really do respect all of them like so much. And I, I really never believed that I was good as them, you know. Um, so Jose comes everyone's nervous everyone's like freaking out that jose's coming because he's like everyone's like you know and jose first thing he does he like goes to me he screams at me he's like hey carla my thing is like when i met jose i was not working for jose mm -hmm. he was not my boss and i didn't meet him in a just chef kind of thing mm -hmm. i met him in like how many sandwiches can we put in this box oh man i just met one of mine but that's fine i'll drink fast yeah, no, don't drink that fast. <laughs> Thank you. You just leave that one there. No pressure. It's fine. Um, so I think my way of, like, relating to him is different. But his first thing that he did was, like, he hugs me. He's like, how are you? He asked me about uh, Bon Appetit. He was like, are you good with them? I was like, yeah, I'm perfect with them. They're super happy that I'm here. He was like, I try to get you here sooner. I had to talk to Fidel, but I'm glad, like, because they're friends, you know, and he wanted to make sure that 
you know that but they th they think is the best for you as well they really appreciate you they really like you like bon appetit and then we're talking and then he turns and everyone's looking and like what you know and he's like <laughs> i don't know if this was good but he did i mean i appreciate it but it was like my first day trying to like get along with the other chefs right and, like, just like fit in yeah and yeah. he turns and he says why are you looking at me like that why are you looking at her are you mad because she's my favorite yes she's my favorite you have you guys have a problem with that <laughs> and i'm like fuck <laughs> that's not a good way to fit in you know yeah. <laughs> like and i'm like and everyone's like her chef i mean it's not good mm. it's not good so how did the rest of the day go i mean it was I mean, I, we did the event, we did the paellas, I worked, blah, blah, blah. It was uh, the event that I think is after chef, chef after party. We do on, it was a Friday. Then we did another event Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, like my first official day at Bazaar. The chef was gone. Like the executive chef, last day was Sunday. Oh, the so F&B no F manager on vacation for three weeks. Oh, man. I will go to my prep team and be like, hey, how I didn't know what my schedule was. So I was there from I, I felt guilty. I had to. I had to learn, but it was like I was there from 6 a.m. And it doesn't matter. The hours doesn't matter. We've all worked long hours. I will go with my prep team and be like, hey, how, who are you? I'm like, I am um, the new chef. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the new chef. And they're like, oh, where's Tito? I'm like, actually, his last day was like Sunday. Oh, Tito's gone. Oh, hello, chef. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like every like, I mean, when I got to Azar, we had a staff of like almost 100 people. Wow. So you have the overnight crew. You like, it's like a 24 hour kitchen. It never stopped the bakers, like blah, blah, blah. So, you know, of course, you're the new chef. Everyone wants to come talk to you. Oh, yeah. About the salary, about everything that the other one supposedly did wrong. Yeah, did wrong. Of course, you know, like it, that's the. This is what they did wrong. You should not do that. This is what he promised. Are you gonna keep up with that promise? And you're like, dude, I don't even know have the menu right now. Can I? Can I just learn? And it was hard, you know. You have people that have worked. My sous chefs, amazing, super talented, but they've worked with Jose for five, four years. They know they were. They started from prep cooks line cooks, CDPs, to sous chefs. They've been there for four or five years. Good for them. Amazing. Yeah. And amazing people, like super talented. Uh, but there comes Carla. She's never worked for Jose. Uh, and suddenly he says, she, like, it's, it was hard. It was hard for people to, as much as I tried, I mean, of course, eventually... They saw that I, I mean, I think that I, that I know right. a little bit, but, but at the beginning, of course, nobody, nobody likes a new person that comes with benefits. Of course. Even though if I didn't ask, for, like, you know, like it, I was. Well, they're always going to be skeptical. Of course. You know, and it's like, you know, I tell people all the time, like respect is earned and not given. And, and Basar has never heard like. And I'm sorry to bring that like a female chef, you know, like my methods, maybe I was not used to, you know, in the kitchens, like I'm not saying like, oh, don't scream, but I don't like people to fear me. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I want people to respect me, but I'm not going to make, I, I hate 
But maybe that's what happened to me when I was like mostly in Spain. Like right. I will fear my boss. I will fear that they humiliate me in front of like, like if I do a little mess up, like being humiliated in front of the whole kitchen or being like, I don't like, I, I felt like that in a long time in my career. You know, when, when I was working, I, there was this kitchen in Spain, like I was treated like trash. Mm. I was a fish girl. <laughs> all I did all day was clean fish. Like, for 12, 13 hours. Clean fish. You name it. It was well known for, for fish. It was one of the best restaurants in San Sebastian, but I was a fish girl. Like, you could smell me, like, one block away. Wow. So, I was... I remember, like, I was treated, like... And I didn't want anyone to feel like that. So, my way of, like, managing, I guess, is not, like... It's, like, very direct. Like, but I... You know, so I think also the change, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, as you say, staff, like you have to, it was a big change for the staff. Right. You know, I, I, I did try my best. Of course, you know, there was no schedules when I got there. There was no, nobody will take breaks. Nobody would understand why they have to take breaks. Nobody, there was a lot of things in the system kind of thing that needed to be f- organized. Right. So that was kind of like the part of like my task there, you know, and <coughs> and I mean it got when I started to do schedules and I started to put breaks in people. I'm like, you're working ten hours. I need you to take half an hour to eat. You need to take a break. We're doing service from six p.m. to one a.m. Wow. and it's a nonstop service. I need you to eat before service. I'll make sure that we all have family meal. You know, I was like very big about that. Like when we're done with service at 1 a.m. And I know you're hungry because I've been a cook and you leave work and you're hungry because you just fed so many people. I will will make sure that they have food at 1 a.m. You know, before I will make food for them. But just putting breaks, it was like a big deal. Everyone hated me. She's taking half an hour away from from her paycheck. I'm like, you can stay and have like this is not about that. Like I'm still gonna give you your forty hours, but I need you to take half an hour break. Like mm. you have to. I can't because and then accidents like this disminuyeron porque había muchos accidentes. Había there was like so it's it's a lot. It's like a lot of heavy work, but. I mean, eventually, I mean, I say I was in Bazaar for four years. You know, wow, I, four years. Four years. My so first it wasn't year, just a two-year stint in Miami. Fuck, no. <laughs> no, but trust me, like, my first year at Bazaar, I will come home and I will cry on the shower. I think it was the whole first year. Mm-hmm. I will cry on the shower and I'll be like, I don't want to be here. Why did I do this? I don't care about money anymore. I want to go back to Indiana. These people are mean. These people are not good people. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, like, not in a, like, no, people didn't treat me wrong. It's just a change, you know? It was a, it's different, you know? The culture in Miami is different, I think. I mean, it's very different than Indiana, for sure. Of course, you yeah. know? Like, I think I've I never was, even <laughs> been to Indiana, and I could tell you that. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, Indiana is very different. I mean, I like it now, if that's why I'm still here, and I'm opening a business here, but... It's, it was very hard for me to adapt, very hard. And of course, you know, like, you are, how do I say this, like, without sounding bad? Sound bad, it's fine. Suddenly, I got all of this attention. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not a person that craves attention. I don't care for it. I appreciate when it's a good attention. Sure. But 
suddenly I had all this attention and from me it was like oh it's so nice these people are super nice but then it was there come the can you no but tell me I, I like this you know, where's this going I like this tell me more can you what can you what you know I mean it's like you get all of this attention and so many people want to be your friends and mm. so many people want to be close to you people that didn't go fuck about you before yeah I mean it's suddenly like, oh, I'm here, like, I heard you're a new chef, whatever you need, let's do this, blah, 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 lots of influencers, lots of blah, blah, oh. blah, 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 <laughs> we want to come try your food, we want to, and uh. as I said, I'm not, like, maybe, not even naive, it was, I was fucking stupid, you know, like, I, I was never being exposed like that before, you know, like, I, as I said, you know, like, and also for the World Central Kitchen thing, like, people see me some people see me as like a a way to Jose. It's not even about me, oh, I think. Oh, sure. You know, and but I'm never going to be like, hey, Jose, here's this person. Can you call him or here's his number? No, like it's not a, like. But I couldn't understand it before, you know, and, and it was like. What do you mean? You couldn't, what do you understand? Not understand before? it, but I think I was a little bit more naive to the fact that, okay, maybe pe these people do like me. They didn't right. fucking like me. They didn't care about me. Right. <laughs> like, you know, they. You know, they wanted to be free at the restaurant. That's right. They wanted, you know, to... How can they get FaceTime with Jose? When yeah. is he going to be here? When is he... Can you give us la primicia de when is he going to be here? What can you say about Jose? When you And then you start kind of like, you know, like, I don't like... I say, I, I'm not going to be a, an asshole to somebody that's trying to be nice to me. But then you learn <laughs> with time and took me... You know, I was... I'm very open. I'm not open. I'm... I was maybe because I learned. <laughs> uh, I, I I give people the benefit of the doubt, you know. Like if you you're coming with intentions and I think you're good and I I don't think you're gonna try to be an asshole to me or or trying to do something. Yeah. But but you learn the hard way, you know. I know, and I you, like I'm the opposite, right? Like when people, I never believe. Well, not never. It depends on the person and like the situation if they're coming with like good intention. I'm always like negative Nancy. Like this person doesn't really give a fuck. Like this, like especially in our job, because people they just wanna. I don't know. They like wanna schmooze with like the person, and especially for you that you were like so tight with Jose. It's like, you know, like how do we get there instead of like really caring about like what it is that we do? And you're like, how has your day been? Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's such a fake culture in that yeah. regard. Like, there's so much bullshit that you have to work through. And for me, yes. I have like, I, I guess it's already like public enough how much I don't like that shit. So people but don't fuck with Miami me. But you're from Miami and. A hundred percent. So, yeah, they Miami's know home to you. Me, right. in a way, I was trying to fit into Miami. Not fit in because I don't care about fitting into certain, right, like, right. but more like, Nobody knew me, and and I didn't want the Carla that they were gonna meet to be like, oh, she's an asshole, she doesn't care. Mm. So I had to give people, you know, like yeah, no, I get it, I get it. And and you know, I learned the hard way. I trust me, I learned the hard way. Like I got burned by a lot of people that I thought that you know they actually care for me or they actually, you know, and it was always like a second intention or something. But I think. It's part of my process, no? It's part of me learning and growing and whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I I left Pasar as well, and I left because I had a fight with SLS for defending Jose's, like, what Jose wanted. Right. 
you know, and 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 for me, like I I remember, you know, a year before this happened on a food and wine, I this is what happened. I go to Spain. I do when we close for the pandemic. I go to Spain and um and I do the chef for Spain. I'm in Spain for like four months. I'm in Spain even before Jose came to Spain. So a lot of the people relate World Central Kitchen in Spain to me because I was the one like teaching this chef, not even teaching. I mean, you're, you're working with the best chefs in the world, but they cook for 60 people a day and you're asking them to cook for 5,000. Or less than 60, but yeah. You know, so it's different, you know, like they, you just have to change a switch, you know, in order for to make it happen. And so when I was going to come back from Spain, you know, I got an email from this. I was like, we need you back like this day because we're going to open. And it was not like a good time to open because we were not ready with the protocols. It was just when the pandemic was. So I told Chef, you know, I say, Jose, I have to be back this day. You know, I, they need me. And Chef, you know, tells me, no, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to go to Spain. There was this documentary that was going to be made in Spain. And I had to be on it. I mean, I was going to be on it. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the people at the SLS. You know, they have this chef. They chef, the corporate chef David is there. We have the three sous chefs. If they're going to open only with a capacity of 20 people, I think they got it. You know, it's good. You know, Fair. we need your we need your help here. You know, Chef David Thomas is the one that opened Bazaar. You know, he's like, he's a, I'm snatching Bazaar. He's good. Like, he's right. my boss. Uh, he was my boss at the time. And so I guess, you know, when, when I send that email, you know, Chef needs me. I got another email saying, okay, if you're not here this date, we're going to take it as like, Voluntary resignation. Oh, yeah? So I send this mail to Jose. And he sends, and I'm not going to say names, <laughs> he sends an email back that he shouldn't have copied me on it. He copies me, the person that was my boss, the boss of his boss, and the owner, saying, you think you're going to fire Carla? And how is that going to backlash on you, like, with all the work that she's doing? She's gonna stay in Spain, and she's gonna. Then she's gonna come back. If you really need her, okay. But do you really need her? Right for twenty covers a day. If you do twenty covers. If you a day. do twenty covers a day. Like I want to make sure you know, like, like you understand, like the big work that she's doing. I mean, I mean, you know, kind of like comes to us. Like I don't come back from Spain, and I don't lose my job, of course. Mm-hmm. But of course, when I came back, things were rough because, you know, he could send these emails, but then he was not there. I was the one there. And, you know, there was like a lot of like, Jose wants these. The company wants these. Jose wants. And I will always, what Jose wanted, if he tells me you're going to serve this, I'll be like, I'm going to serve this. I don't care. I mean, he's (laughs) the one that hired you. Yeah, but I was working for the hotel. I mean, that's the, that's the interesting like perspective working for a chef and working for a hotel. Somebody told me one day, it's like, you are, you're the child of divorced parents that don't get along and you're like in the middle. Right. And you want to make them both happy, you know? And, but of course my side, I, it was not even a doubt that my loyalty and my, I mean, not, not loyalty was to Bazaar because all I wanted is Bazaar and my staff to be good and everything, but I will never compromise Jose's like what he wanted you know what he wanted he wanted to serve 
olive oil pancakes with the best olive oil because that's the way we do it or the waffles and do the best foie or use the best caviar we're gonna use it Jose will call me and be like, are we losing money? I'm like, no, Jose. He's like, I don't care to make a lot of money. Just make sure that the people are happy. Make sure that you're serving good food. Please. Got you, chef. Make sure that you don't change. And he will see it. He's he's such a fucking genius. Like, he will tell me something, and then he'll come back six months after. He's like, Carla, I told you this. I was like, you're right. Like, he will remember. Like, he, for how many things he has on his mind, he remembers. So... You know, I I left SLS and first person I call is him. I call, I was like, Jose, I just quit. So, you know, like I, as I a year before, I, I had another incident in the SLS where I, I was sick and I needed to take, I needed to go home to get like examinists because I was like feeling very bad. And I took, I was going to take like, I think it was like a Sunday. I was going to take Monday, Tuesday off. That was I planned that like three weeks in advance, Monday, Tuesday off. I finished Sunday service. I was going to take like a, I left work like at 2 a.m. I was going to take a 6 a.m. flight to Mexico, then take a 1 a.m. flight on Wednesday to be here Wednesday to go to the doctor Monday, Tuesday. So when I was heading to the airport, uh, one of the people that I was working for calls me and he's like, uh, I think it's not a good idea that you take your trip. And I'm like, I requested this two months ago right? <laughs> and I have doctor's appointment and we just got a big reservation for Monday and it's not going to look good on you. If is, you is after how many years being there? Three years. <laughs> That's good. It's not going to be good on you. It's not going to look good on you. I was like, but I'm sick. I need to go to the doctor and I need to go to this doctor in Mexico because he's my doctor. And he's like, well, your choice. You have the days off, but I'm just saying, it's not gonna go look. It's not gonna look good on you. Of course, I canceled my trip. Instead wow. of going to the airport, I went home, changed, and I went to work. That day, I texted Jose. I was like, when you have a minute, I need to talk to you. Like just that. I was like, okay, maybe he'll call me later. You know, I, have you ever been so mad? Well, for me, I get so mad that I like cry. So he calls me. And I just burst. I like cry. I mean, he's like, Carla, please don't cry. I know it's hard. Please don't cry. But, 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 well, just cry. But call me when you cry. Don't cry. Like, just tell him to like, I was like, Jose, I can't tell them that. You can. You're Jose Andres. I can't. I can't tell him this. A week after things, like after this happens, like I'm going to be there next week. It's going to be food and wine, another food and wine. And I, that Sunday, I got like super sick and I got to the hospital. So I had to be hospitalized and I had to have surgery and I couldn't be on the food and wine. Right. He felt so bad. Like, I remember, like, he came to my house. He, he called, his, his assistant called me. He's like, Jose says, like, what do you want to eat? Whatever. Just make a list. He wants to bring you all the food. But, you know, like, he, know, like, I went, I, I say, I'm very grateful. Like, I bazaar my staff. I had amazing staff, like my prep team, like, until the day, you know, like, I talked to my staff, but... It was a big learning uh, stage of my life. Right. You know, when I left, uh, I was very relieved, sad, but, and it was also hard, you know, from being, I'm in Miami, everyone now knows me from the chef of the bazaar, then now I'm like, just Carla. You know what, you know what I mean? I know know what you mean. How long ago did you leave now? Uh, A year. 
Oh, it's only been a year. Only been a year. I oh. left on June, well, a year and a half, June, June 18 last year. Mm. Um, and also that was another transition, you know, because it's like, of course, now what, what the hell? And at, at that point, I went through, like, I was like June and like that year, like I went through through something personal, like, like whatever, like I was going to get married and then I didn't get married. And then it was like, then I left Bazaar and then it was like, boom, a lot of life, <laughs> a lot That's of life, a lot you of know? life. So, um, so yeah, I was a point where I was like, should I leave Miami? Should I stay? And I had already started the process for the taco place, you know? And, and I was like, I just want to disappear for a little bit because I don't, it's a good place to be, you know, I just want to like, I, I couldn't bring myself to tell people that I was not at Bazaar anymore. Because mm. I thought, I mean, you also get to like, I thought, because I've given everything, I've made everything that I was to be that. I'm going to take this from you. So yeah, you please. Not, yeah. Please do, please do. Um, but luckily, I think, I think in the, this last year, like, it's good because I also learned who out of these people that we're talking about were actually your friends my friends yeah it's such an interesting learning time right you know like i it's 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 crazy and i remember i was in bazaar and it's when i got first invited to do these like for example at the hard rock stadium with dajani and she talked about like bringing bazaar experience or me blah 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 and she called me to like be like okay when are we doing this testing blah 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 and I was like almost crying. I was like, Diane, I'm sorry to tell you because you, I have to be honest, like I'm not at Bazaar anymore. So, you know, maybe you don't want to work with me anymore because I'm not there anymore. And it's okay. You know, I can, I can give you the number of the people of the Bazaar. Like there. And she, I remember like she turns to me and she's like, Carla, I want you. Yeah. I want to work with you. I love that. I was like, but she's like, I don't care. I want you and what you do. And I was like, okay. like well, I, I, think it, I think it's interesting because it leads back to like when we met last week at Chug's when we were talking about the menu for the collaboration yeah. dinner. And we're like, you know, and you asked me like, what do you, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't want to, I want to do whatever you want to do. I don't give a fuck about what I want to do. Like we cook Gibson food every day. Yeah. I mean, you, you are our guest because I want to do whatever the, whatever it is that you want to do. Let's do that. I'm cool with that. And then our dishes will just try to play off of like whatever it is that you're doing, you know? And I think it's such an interesting time period. Like I was telling you too last week <clears throat> when I went from working from Norman to Michael and Roel and then opening Ariette, it took me like a full year to understand who I was. And like the, and you know, like I was already, I, I, I wasn't forced to, I had already put myself in the position to like cook food. But I was a little fucking lost, you know, because yeah. I had never cooked my own food. I had never cooked like my expression, like who am I? Not whatever, like, and, and that's not to talk down about like what they were doing because I wanted to work there to learn from these people, but not like what Michael Schwartz's vision of food was or yeah. Norm Van Aken's vision of food or Roel's vision of food or whoever it was that I was working for. It was my vision and it's such a heavy burden. And you often at the time you think like, I'm not good enough for this because you hadn't done it yet. Yeah. So it's like a very interesting perspective. You almost have this like very interesting, like imposter syndrome. Like I'm not good enough to do this. Yeah. I've never done it yet. 
like why should I be doing this now? And then when you're when you honestly for me it was it was a little bit it was a little bit different because like we were doing so poorly as a restaurant that I was like we're gonna fucking close so I might as well just fucking do whatever I want anyways. So it was like I'm not totally sure if this is gonna work or not or if people are gonna get it or but fuck it who cares. So it was like back against the wall. If we close, we close. I don't know. It may happen. Um, but it was the polar opposite. You know, like, I don't know if it's that, that's what people wanted, but that's what attracted people to us. Yeah. So I totally understand the perspective of like, you know, I forever, and this only changed within the last like year, which was, you know, I was the guy who worked for Michael and Norman. Now I am just me. But you have to, when you're doing that change, it takes a while. It takes time. It takes so much time. And, you know, for sure, like, it's beneficial that in every byline that's been written for the last seven years about this restaurant, like, their names are mentioned. And I'm I'm honored by that because they're great people. But at the same time, like, this is who we are. And they helped me get here. But now, like, this is a totally different ballgame. You know, and and it it just takes time for that to, to, to develop. But when people start wanting... Or asking about like who is Carla or who is Mike, it's a very weird experience, right? How old are you right now? I told you. I know, but tell me again <laughs> while people are listening. Tell me again while people are listening. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. It's not old, dude. You're making it sound like we're Young, fucking youngest the youngest person in the room right now. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I mean, we're still very young, right? So it's like, you know, we have still so much growing to do and so much learning to do, and like just exploration and journey it's still super early but you're great at what you do i think we're pretty good at what we do and i think it's just like people want that they want connection and like and that's why i'm so fascinated about like you know the the concept that you have that you want to put here like i love it like when you explained it to me i'm like i want to eat this (laughs) shit tomorrow right because it's so interesting the way you want to approach your food that I fucking love. Yeah. And there's nothing like that right now at all whatsoever. And, you know, like, but that's more of as you grow to the person or to the chef, really, not really the person they grow side by side, but the chef that you want to be and the expression that you want to have. It's always like we're always scared to do our own expression, right? Because it's when we're most vulnerable. Yeah. When you cook Jose's food for a long time, that's Jose's food. Yeah, and I have, you know, I can do whatever and I can, but it's Jose's food. Right. Somebody criticizes it. If somebody doesn't like it, oh, I'm sorry, but that's Jose's food. Like, kind of like, you know, like. Previously, when I worked for Norman and Michael, I was like, that was their food. Yeah. Even if I was able to put a, a menu item on there or like, you know, they loved a dish that I came up with and it landed on a tasting or landed on the menu, doesn't matter. It's still their food. And like now, now it's your food. Now it's my food. Yeah. And it's, there's a different, and uh, people always like hate the way that I approach this. I'm just like, fuck it, man. I'm going to do what I do. If people like it, that's great. If people don't like it, it's still what I want to do. But I think that's, that's the beautiful part about creating. You know, you're not creating to please. You're creating, of course, you want people to like it, but it's not your intention. You want to express. Listen, sometimes shit's just bad. Right, but well, but what I'm saying is that I don't really think that we put out like anything that's like bad. Yeah, but when you're creating a dish, 
you're trying to express something. You wanna, well, at least when I, you know, when I express something, there's a reason why you're creating this, this dish. You're not, are people gonna like it with more sauce? Maybe I put, no, this is not why, you know, you're creating. This is what you wanna do. This is right. what you wanna express. There's, there's a story behind it. There's yeah, a reason why. behind it. You know, like we, we have an amazing communications team. And, you know, I was telling them last week, I was like, you know, we should, you know, post or talk about the flaw more often. They're like, well, why is that? And I said, well, you know, it just, I think it's like one of our dishes that we've had the longest. It's like one of our backbone dishes. So because I'm a micromanager at my core, they have to send me every photo they're going to post and the actual caption underneath it. Right. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna why? interfere because why I think I relate to that. <laughs> I relate to that. Why are you laughing? I just I, I'm imagining what that workflow actually looks like. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll jump with a with a uh, not related to social media story that I think uh, helps oh, that, to illustrate. That's good. So uh, no, no, th- this is this is this is relevant. When uh, how long ago was it that you first got uh, hired, Tatiana? Oh, uh, it's been like a year now almost. It's been a year. It's been roughly a year. So Tatiana is the executive uh, assistant uh, for you and a few others in the company. Yes. And I used to have a really hard time sometimes getting Mike to respond to text (laughs) messages and emails. But it wasn't that he would ignore them. It was like that I would send like, hey, are you available Wednesday at 9? And he'd send me like a picture of his car. Um, (laughs) And then when when he got an assistant... Uh, when Tatiana came on, who's been a, a miracle, mm-hmm. I think, uh, at least as an outsider, I remember very, very vividly uh, Tatiana and I were in a back and forth email about Mike's schedule. And then I get a text from Mike that's a screenshot of the email that I assume <laughs> texting me, isn't it crazy I have an assistant now? <laughs> it's a weird that's world. Good. It's a weird world to be in. I, I just hired one like a couple Good for months you. ago. <laughs> Good for you. It's a great place to be. Listen, yeah. I mean, Tatiana has access to my entire life. She like keeps me going. That's I good. Bless That's her. good. Back to the social media thing. So they sent me a photo and they sent me a caption, which was both very nice. Okay. I said, this is cool. But let me explain to you a little bit more about why this dish exists. This dish started because of a tree in my grandparents' backyard, and I would eat sour oranges, and it would marinate pork, and I was like, I think that this is an incredible product, but why can't we do more with it? The whole purpose of that dish was started with my grandparents' tree that they still have in their backyard. It was like, how can we look at sour oranges through a different lens? Not just treat it the same way that we've treated this product that we've used for hundreds of years in the same way that we've done it. Why can't we treat it differently, and why can't we serve the poorest one of the poorest products in the world which is plantains with one of the richest products in the world why can't we mend these two cultures together and just look at it through a different lens and they were like fuck it's a story and it's my story yeah and it's the same thing as like when you do your food it's your story you know and that's like it's empower it's empowering and i i love it like People who come to me and they're like, I don't, you know, I don't totally love the foie dish. I'm like, well, that sucks for you. I like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Like, you don't, you don't totally get it, right? Like, I'm not going to take it to heart. I fucking love it to my core. That's my favorite dish in the whole company because of the story, the purpose. And it's fucking delicious. Like, I don't care what anyone says, but like things like that, you start to be able to 
not only impact or touch other people's lives, you get to express yourself. And it, when that comes out, like, it's a totally different ball game, And, and it think, feels very good. I think I'm kind of, like, trying to get there because it's, it's weird. You know, like, as I told you, you know, growing up, I have, like, a two different, like, I'm, like, two different sides of my family, you know, which... I love them, like, we all get along, like, but it was very hard at the beginning. Like, we were, you know, we were the, the grandchildren of the brown lady, you know, my mom, you know, that come from a farm that, you know, she didn't go to college. She was not, you know, and then my dad, of course, you know, my family, my dad's side, which it's, it's not the one that I talk a lot about. Um, Same. <laughs> you know, uh, and I love them, you know, and I love them. Now I have a great relationship with them, but they wouldn't accept us you know we all my cousins we live inside my brother my sister and me we live outside you know like i was terrified to go to my grandparents house like i was like my mom i god bless her you know like i don't know how she put up with like they until the day you know like so of course when you're 13 14 and, and 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 you think to be more on this other side of the family makes you cool because you got the best school and you think you're the right. cool, you're a brat. You kind of like grow being ashamed. And yeah, I, I have to admit, I was there was a part of my life where I was like a, a prick and I was a, a brat, and I thought I was the coolest girl in the world. I was ashamed of that part of my family, of my grandmother, of the ranch, of the of the farm, of like the the. So right now is like now that I'm, I say older. 34 <laughs> still the youngest person in the room um i'm like you know what like this is a grandmother that no matter what i will go to her house and we didn't have money because we were not accepted by the other family and we will eat beans you know and i will turn i'm like hey grandma like why are we eating beans all the time and we will eat the queso out of a cubeta because we will milk the cows with my grandmother she'll make the cheese on a cubeta la like on a bucket and she's be like you know i don't care you know like we're gonna eat beans but this is gonna be the best fucking beans you've ever had you're never gonna find better beans than the ones in your grandmother's house or the salsa or the tortilla and and that's a lot of my love for food also came from there you know and mm. right now this is like my if you see my place has a big picture of my grandmother in su, in su mandil in su guamaca, in su fogón, because it's like an homage to her. Like, like this is who I am, you know, and this is what I grew up. I, I as a chef, you know, work in Michelin star restaurants. You do fancy food, but at the end of the day, you know that food that I want people to feel like that, you know, like when I'm not gonna be ashamed of that, you know. I wanna, right. I wanna, you know, honor it, you know, and and that's the food that I want people to feel like I felt when I would eat my grandmother's food. Very simple, not pretentious. So, uh, I know I was a chef at Bazaar, and I've done, but this food is not even, there's a purpose behind it, you know? Like the corn that we're gonna use, he's like from Oaxaca and from Veracruz, and I know the farmers, because I just went to Oaxaca. And, um, but yeah, it, but I'm also scared, you know? Because what if people expect something else? What if people want? People will expect something else. They will. I mean, I'm just. I'm, I. I don't want to. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But it's like, people will. It's your job, 
And however you frame this and how you tell the people who you are and what, what it is that you're doing, that's the only reason that they're going to get it, right? Like you have to be, and this is what I mean, like the biggest difference between the day that we opened to year one, what changed was I was very open about who we now became because it was who I really was. I was, I was tired of being scared of who I really was. And I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. The only reason I was able to, and I, I used to say it like the whole first fucking year, I just worked the grill and I didn't do anything else, right? Prepped in the commissary, prepped all day, ran the restaurant, worked grill all night. I never liked to expedite. My sous chef at the time would expedite. I just worked the line. I never touched tables. I never fucking talked to anyone. I never did any influencer things. I don't, I didn't want to do that. What really changed was me saying, if we're going to go down, I'm at least going to put myself out there a bit. I'm going to put myself out there a bit. I'm going to talk about who we really are because I was I was tired of being scared of who I really was. It's up to you to do that. Like you you cuz people will I mean, you were the chef of the bazaar for 4 years. It's a long time. People probably still try to come at you like when is Jose going to be in town? Like you know. Yeah, and now I'm I mean, I still like, I was just with him, like, you know, I mean, Stop that's telling the thing. people that, because they're going to keep on asking No, you but I here. know, but, you know, like, I do work Central Kitchen. I don't do Bazaar, but I'm also still involved, and I will be involved with War Central Kitchen. But I'm not aligned to, like, at all, <laughs> you know, right. like, um, and, you know, that's, that's, I'm in that process, no, of, like, okay, you know, I need to make these choices where, like, I have to focus on, like, for a long time, I kind of like be. I've been like, oh no, I'm gonna push it a little bit. I'm gonna push it more. And maybe while I do this, and I push it because, I, of course, you know, I think deep inside, I'm quite a little scared. You know, you're scared of like it's not the same. You're opening your own thing. And it's okay to be scared though. I mean, it's fine though. Being scared is good. I'm listen. We're about to open our sixth restaurant. I am scared every time we do it. Every single time. Fear is good. It's a master motivator. It will motivate you to be better. If you're not scared, then you're fucked because you're like, I got this shit. I'm good. You're not going to work as hard as you should. I know. And I don't feel like that either. (laughs) Right. And it's, but the truth of it is that you need to be, you need to be the face and you need to be super forefront. Look, I mean, Jose Andres is a good example, right? Like he is, he is an incredible speaker. Yeah. He's done great things. He's very upfront about his thoughts and who he is. That's a great example. I mean, he like. There's no denying who that man is, right? Yeah. You have to think about that and take it as a sample size, and then apply it to yourself. You know, like Bourdain. Bourdain was never scared to to be like who he was yeah. and to voice his opinion. And it's the same thing as like when we get into it to do a restaurant that for you has so much meaning. You need to tell people that and to not be not be scared about it because like people. This is the other thing I tell. People opening restaurants now is like, do not be scared of criticism because it will happen. You could be 100 every single day. Every single day, you could you can think every plate of food is fucking perfect. You can, and people will criticize. And it's okay, because you know what? In my mind, the way I say it is like, that's their own fucking opinion. Fuck them, I don't care. This is what I want to do. And there will be people that follow, like I'm, I'm going to go there. Other people like me are going to go there because I want to know more about you and I want to know more about that food because I've never really experienced that. 
and I want to. So it's like there's going to be tons of people like me, you know, because it's like you don't have to be everything to everybody. You're not going to serve a taco in a golden shell to serve it for a thousand dollars. Right. Which is great. And you're cooking for people like me, which is people who really give a fuck about food, you know, and it's it's a beautiful thing. But all I'm telling you now, which nobody told me at the beginning was from day one, be very upfront about who it is that you are and what it is that you're planning on doing. I mean, you have a better idea now than I did when I when we first opened and you have some time to yeah. like for that to continue to develop. So it's, it's like, like, just be that. Like, don't be scared. It, uh, it's okay to be scared. No, 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 no. I get it. And and that you're you're net like you're completely right. You know, because I think part of it, like I, you know, I went from like feeling like it as I've been only in Miami for four years. No, four years. Um, you know, I I went from feeling a little bit like a, the outsider, like in Miami, like am I? And then of course I'm good. I'm the chef of the bazaar. Then I leave bazaar, and then I'm. Carla, you know, uh, the World Central Kitchen chef. And then, like, no, I think, yeah, you're right. I think I am very sure of, like, now, I think every day, like, more, you know, every day more. And, like, uh, when I take time to actually, like, go home and, and, because I left home when I was, my first year out was at 14. I lived with the Mormons for a year. And then I left at, what was it, like, 17? Oh. or 16 so a lot of my culinary like background is not at home like my thing that i know it's because i was raised with my grandmother and this is the things that are like i'm telling like ingredients recipes like all of that that's like from my grandmother's more on the mother's side um and when i go back and i spend like a week at the farm with my grandmother and i just like uh turn off my cell phone and i just like spend a week with her that's what i'm gonna do actually next week um but yeah you know just like i i think but also there's fear you're right fear of not being accepted for who you really are yeah because you're like this is me i'm vulnerable this is like you know i mean and it's interesting because in in the world that we live in today like everything is about acceptance everything is about like a double click like it's hard to shed right even at our age because you know the younger generation is going to have to deal with it more than our generation is but like there's so much power in it and like once you can stand on your own two feet and be like this is who I am fuck it if you don't like it I don't care I do not care if you do not like it that's totally on you there's plenty of other restaurants to go to there's a lot of power in that and I felt like once I accepted that, our food got better. We got better as a restaurant. We stood strong in like who we were. And I, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's like just be very vocal about who you are and what you want that restaurant to mean. You know, like there's meaning behind restaurants, certain ones. Yeah. You know, like certain restaurants like have made a difference. There's been restaurants in the city in the last five to ten years that have made a huge difference and it's going to impact our food culture for a very long time where it's a very interesting place that we're at yeah because you know like food history here is not super deep like we're very still a very young city so what you do now can impact food for a long time that's how i see it i see it you know when people ask me about 
the Miami food scene and you know and I I, I think there's so much opportunity yeah like I think that's why one of the reasons that I decided to like my reason being here was working having this job and then reason why like I want to stay here and I want to be a part of that of that growth of the food here in Miami seen in Miami you know because I think there's so much opportunity to like do different things and to like grow as a whole community you know there's so many upcoming like good chefs good people amazing concepts and I think you know it's gonna get very good <laughs> I think he's I mean I think we're at it's an interesting like it's a uh, two-fold parallel right it's like you have all these big major no pun intended I, I got major. it major I got it <laughs> I got it I got it <laughs> major um I got it I just stopped I got my it. entire you don't I didn't even to mean to do that it just happened I got it understand people with a lot of money behind them right <laughs> doing like all these like several concepts of the same thing and they're turning themselves into Ruby Tuesdays or the Applebee's of the world and then they're just trying to like tread like big numbers, execute like a thousand covers a day. And then there's this other faction of people doing like really incredible work, people who care about what they do, people who care about the city, people who care about the growth of like the food culture here. One side I think is important in its own way, even though I don't like them. And then there's our side that does what we do which is small mom and pop, if you will, like food culture that just like continues to prop the city up. Yeah. And the opportunity is there, you know, like there, it's just, I don't know when I look at like the whole food landscape as it is, like, I think your food is the one that's the one that's least represented to be very honest. Yeah. That's why I say there's a lot of opportunity. Right. There's a lot of opportunity. And then when you look at some of the other things that have done like super well, those were things that were not represented super hard before either. You know, yeah. like what Zitsum does, what Itame does, I think what they do at B-Side yeah. also, what Boyade does, what Luca does, what, you know, like there's people doing really good fucking stuff. Yeah. And it's like... It's so special and like I want to keep it like in its own like special box so people don't fuck with it too much. Yeah. Like, all so the influencers change, of the yeah. world and like there's yes. no gold leaf and fucking. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. It's just so, good food. Opportunity is definitely there. I think it's just yeah. like you just have to really. And that's why I keep emphasizing like be who you are and don't be scared to be it because like there are. There are positive things at the end of that rainbow. And I don't know if it happened to you when you opened your first place. Like, of course, I'm super nervous, but also I'm, like, excited. Like, I want people to try the food and be, like... I'm not saying that I'm trying to teach them or educate them. But I want them to change the perception of, like, what Mexican food is. For sure. You know, of what it is to eat a taco with the right salsa. Because, you know, there's a reason why. You know, there's a reason why the beans are this way or why the tortilla. Like, I want them to try it and be, like, fuck. Like... Mm -hmm. I eat this on a Tuesday and I'm craving it on Saturday. Right. Because it's so good. Because it remind it, it gives me that feeling. And that's that's my motivation. And of course, it's gonna be a business. I wanna make money, but it's not my motivation. 
You know, yeah, but like, I, I also think that like that not being the motivation is what's going to make you money at the end. Do you understand? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Of course, but you know, like I, I, you know, I was talking to a friend. He, in Mexico, like one of the people that have the restaurants, and you know, he was telling me, he was like, you have to a different mindset, of course. You know, he was like, you make a business to make money. Sure. Okay. Why do you want money? Money gives you freedom. If you have money, but you don't have freedom, then why you have money? So he will tell me, he he told me, you know, like, you're opening this place, you want to open a restaurant. Don't become the slave of your own passion. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but yeah. I, I know. It. He told me that. So he's like, you want to create something, you want to send a message, send it. But if you have so many restaurants, but then yet you don't have freedom, then why the fuck are you having so many restaurants? You have uh, no, no, no. But but that's why I say I'm I'm like that's not how I think. Like you know, like but I mean I think the opposite way, right? Like I think you know you open a business like yeah it needs to make money, but like my goal in the first like thirty six months of this place was just to keep the lights on. I think that's how you might go. Yeah, like <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you keep how, how do we keep the lights on? And then at the same time, it's like, yeah, don't be a slave to your own passion. But people want to be a part of that passion. Yeah. They want to learn about that passion. You know, like, that's big restaurateur talk. No, that's why I say it's not. That's why I say, like, I, right. looking at the other side, which I don't, I don't agree with. And I bet it has happened to you. Like, you get people that come to you and you're like, how much money you want? Let's open these. Let's open this big thing. And you're like... This is not what I'm about. Like, thank you. I'm super good. I appreciate it. Thank but you. I'm going to do my 200 square feet taco shop to start with. So I can do whatever I want and express what I want. And if I have to pick up an extra private chef jobs to pay my people, I'll, I'll do it on the first year. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think I've said this story before. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. But like in the first, maybe it was the second year. We were like broke and I, I hadn't paid myself in like a solid amount of time. Mm. And I would go to this bar that was right outside of Wynwood and I had a Frida pop up and I would slang Frida's all night. And I would make like a hundred bucks, maybe a night. Mm. And that's like what kept my lights on. You know, like, but that, that helped us get here, you know? And it's like, when I talk to other uh, not all restaurateurs, when I talk to some of them, it becomes so, like, functionally, it's just like a function. It's an operation. It's a structure. Like, every restaurant has a soul. Every good restaurant has a soul. Yeah, of course. Without the soul, it does not exist. It's not good. It, it's going to be in Applebee's. Yeah. And I love Applebee's. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I started my career there. Yeah, it depends on, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, all, we all. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, especially like on the journey that you're on right now, it's like, it's all about purpose. It's all about like telling your story and people will want that. I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. People will want that. They want to know the story. They want to understand who you are because, you know, Jose is great. Jose's time as the chef of the world, because that's kind of like who he is, will end eventually. And then it's going to be like, who are the next group of people to take that? You know, like Norman, which I love very dearly, you know, like someone eventually had to take the reins from him. I'm not saying it's me, 
But there's a bunch of other chefs that have like taken on Miami as like this is our home. And Norman yeah. started that. So it's like it's just it's an it's an evolution, you know, and and um the the freedom for you is in the expression. The freedom for me has been in the expression. Like when people are like, Well, this isn't Cuban food, I'm like, it's not your Cuban food, but it's mine. <laughs> It's not. It's not <laughs> what I want to do for Cuban. Yeah. It's not. It's not you, what you think Cuban food should be, but it is what I think Cuban food could have been. Representation of it. Yeah. And then it's like, so what do you mean by could have been? And then that opens a whole different gauntlet of questions and conversation that they never would have had before, which is the entire goal of this place in general. Do you think you were gonna have six restaurants when you started? No, no. Like it was just no. I didn't, you know, like, and just like equally spoken, like speaking about like evolution and, you know, like we're done evolving. Like we're good. I'm super like, I don't, and I thought about it today. I was walking through like a new space, Laurel, that opens on the 28th of That's this nice. month. And I was like, you know, like this is a beautiful feeling. I don't ever want to get to the, the place that I'm like, um, it's just another number. Yeah. Cuz restaurants have purpose for me. You know, I just hope that I set myself up differently than other people set themselves up, which is like I could be happy with six or seven locations and just live my life. You know, like I don't need another one a 30th, a 35th, a 40th. I don't need that stuff. Like no, I don't, as long I'm, as those six are taking care of the staff feels good, they want to be a part of, they want right. All the all the things are important, which is like the food is great, the staff is great, the people care, people feel like they're taken care of, people feel like the company cares about them. You know, even in general though, like openly speaking, yeah, opening up a restaurant was great, but it was also like opening up a company was to create a space for people like me that really wanted to just cook great food, get paid well for it, feel like they were valued feel like they're heard it's it's been it's been an interesting journey and a, a lot of like searching for like what is the overall purpose here because when we opened up here i knew what the purpose was when we opened up all of it it was like so the purpose is to create a space for people like me people who just give a fuck about food people who yeah. give a fuck about the experience not just like cooking of the food but it's the serving of the food it's the serving of the wine it's the cocktail program it's yeah, all that stuff it's the whole experience so no I didn't think that we would have six locations I still have a hard time fathoming it um, but I just hope that like when people look back and that they have worked here not all of them uh, will feel that way but um, that we were a different experience than what they've either previously had or had post this But, you know, it's normal, I guess, you know, the Michael that they have worked with when you open to year two to now, it's going to be a different Michael as well. So they're going to get a different experience. So you can't expect everyone to go out with the same feeling of, because I think you also have evolved as a manager, as, as a business owner, as a chef, as a, I mean. Oh, man. That's... I, used, I used to be a tyrant. <laughs> I won't even lie. I was a tyrant, super hard. I'm not anymore. But... I used to be so yeah like the people who got me year one to the people who get me year six seven it's a very different world you know that's so, the beauty of it no it's, it's good so, you're both you've evolved you've grown you i mean that's what we do <laughs> i mean i i feel like even more so 
I say this like in my 30s, I've evolved a ton in my 30s because my 20s were just like face into a cutting board doing like whatever it took to just like get through service, make service better, make food great. That was pretty much it. Like my 30s have been a lot of like figuring things out. Who knows what my 40s will be like? We're not far from there. So we'll see. <laughs> not far from my 40s either. So. No, yes, you are. You're still like in your early 30s. <laughs> I mean, you never know. <laughs> so what's the timeline? For Tacotomia? Yeah. Um... So, I'm sorry. for my 40s was, or for Tacotomia? Was, was that your way of not trying to pronounce Tacotomia? Yes, it was. <laughs> I don't want to mess it up. I mean, I feel like if, every time I say it in my head, I'm like, I'm going to fuck this up. No. Um, the week after our Basel. It's a, okay, this is the thing. It's a, I'm opening on the Julian Henry's food hall, so it's not like completely up to me. My space is finished, my stuff is done, but you know, there's a lot of construction permits. They just um, extended like the TCO like one more week. So we're having it, I think on the 18th of November and then 15 days after is when we can open. And we're doing a pop-up on the 16th of November. No, but the TCO, I don't have to be like, I don't go into the space until 20 days after they pass the inspection. That's, you know, so even if it's on the 18, I wouldn't be able to go in the space until the uh, 6th or 8th of December. Okay. So we're going to see it in 2023. I think so. Yeah. To be honest, I hope so. Because I don't want to rush it and open, in the, open a restaurant in like the highest of the season, training my staff, putting that new staff through that. Like I don't... As much as I would love to, because, you know, it's when you make money, but I wouldn't want, I would want to give the staff opportunity or kind of like the staff that I, you know, like, I think it will be a better, a better thing. I think just going back to like how we started this whole thing, which is like our collaboration at the Gibson, um, you know, like when I was talking to Danny about like kind of an idea of who we would like to collaborate with. You were one of the first people that I thought of because it's like a totally different type of food that we don't do, but obviously that I love and that I would love to see like your expression in that room and like how it happens. And, um, you know, like what I was saying before, it's, it's incredibly important for like that staff specifically because it's such a young staff and so talented, so hardworking to be able to work with people that I think would benefit them. Um, And also equally like for me to learn things that I'd never have seen before. And the room is so cool. It's like, so, I mean, it's got such great soul to it. So I think it's like, you know, we do, I think our goal is 50 covers anywhere between 47 and 50, depending how the seatings are. I don't know. I think it's going to be really dope. I'm super excited. I've, I mean, I have not been, but I'm like, I've heard great things. Everyone that has been, they're like, it's amazing space. They love it. The drinks are great as well. I know. I heard. I love that. <laughs> I love that. The drinks are great. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Super, super excited. And I think, you know, this is going to come out after, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, the menu is what, five courses? 
five courses at, and the snacks right uh, yeah five courses and the snacks platter it's like just yeah. one board of snacks i don't know like the first time we did it i was incredibly nervous because we hadn't done anything like that in that space before because that space has just been known as a bar for so long so the fact that it is a restaurant now okay also it was like i don't know if we're gonna like sell out i mean we sold out um the first one was with aaron brooks which i mean we know is a legend yeah he's amazing and i mean people fucking loved it they had such a good time and i think what was impressive and i think it goes to show like how the first one went is like we just posted the eventbrite like five days ago and we're almost sold out already which is great you know like that just shows that it's like you know people really enjoyed enjoy the, and they want to they enjoyed the first time they saw great things about the first time they want to go to the second time obviously the food is going to be great i'm pumped for it i'm Me like too. i'm super excited and i'm gonna be in mexico like right before right so i'm planning to get bring us like some very like good ingredients like because i'm making mole mm. so i want to bring like the right chilies and the right stuff that's some stuff that i cannot get here so I'm excited. I'm super under pressure because we're also making mole and we're definitely not going to have <laughs> as good of stuff or the training that she has. So I'm no. I'm feeling pre- like uh, Chef Chris, which is a Pancom Podcast Hall of Famer. Um, he was like, so how are we going to do mole? And she's doing mole. I'm like, it's totally fine. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, listen, her mole is going to be better than ours. We just need to try our best. No. <laughs> and he was like... You've never said that before. I'm like, listen, you got to know what no. you're going up against. <laughs> no. Like, it's totally okay to be, you know, like, I'm a Hispanic dude. You're a white guy. Like, no. we're, our mole is not going to be as good, but we're going to try our best. He goes, oh, man, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> and I'm like, it's cool. Disasters are we fun. We can all make mole together. It's yeah. okay. You know, yeah, I it's, love that. it's good. We can all make mole together. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm imagining like a, like a kitchen stadium situation. <laughs> mole! <laughs> No, but you know, the mole that I make is like very unique because from where I'm from, Veracruz, is uh, it's actually the city where the Spaniards came in, like Hernán Cortés came through Veracruz. He founded Veracruz, so a lot of the ingredients that we use in our even traditional cuisine, they have a lot of Spanish ingredients. So the, the mole in Veracruz is a mole that it's like kind of like adapted or it's like it's like a finer mole. It's one of the finer smallest. Like you use hazelnuts, you use almonds, you use sometimes you even use um, nuez de castilla. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very fine, like a little bit on the sweeter side mole, but still you got all the smokiness from like the ñora. You even use a span some Spanish peppers on it. So I mean, it's my favorite. For me, it's my favorite <laughs> because I it's. Can't, uh, I can't wait to try this. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's good. It's is I love that. Well, so that will be November 16th, I think, right? Yes. November 16th. And um, I think it's going to be a good time. Um, I think wind down now is good. Very good. This is where we do our wind down. We start with parting recommendations. That is where you can recommend to people who are watching and listening absolutely anything as long as it's not yours it could be a book you read a show you watched a song you heard a place you went whatever at all anything as long as it's not your thing because then we'll do all the plugging your own stuff after so you can go first or you can have us 
You give, go first. Give you, you some time. I got it. I know. I, know. Okay, you didn't I prepare me for this. I don't <laughs> prepare for this shit either. Yeah, Parting we're... recommendations. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go for it. So, um, <laughs> I just finished the first season of the new Game of Thrones. The what is it? House of the Dragon. I think. The, I think that's right. some shit like that. And the end of the first season is just like, I was so mad. Has anyone watched? Have you watched the show? Not all of it, but yeah, I know. Oh, wait till you get to the finale. Fuck me. I was so <laughs> pissed at the fucking finale. I was like, how are you going to leave me hanging? They haven't even started like filming season two. And you left me like that at the end of season one. Fucking trash. I was so pissed. So, and I'm <laughs> jacked up for season two. Thank you for bringing back season two. That's great. Pissed though. Also, equally, I have started watching. I am now on season two of Yellowstone. Kevin Costner is a legend. He's a legend. I don't know a man that could be so many different things. He could be Waterworld. He could also wear a cowboy hat and be what he and do what he's doing. Um, I recommend that show also. And I don't know why. Um, I have gone down this rabbit hole of Robin Thicke music. I'm also not against it. I'm all, I I don't know if I totally recommend it, but there's some songs in there that are pretty fucking good. Also. Is there a is there a song that comes immediately to the top? Lost of your mind? without you. Interesting, that's a good one. I mean, that's a I I would say yeah, that's a very well known. I mean, yes, it's well known. It's not like it was on my playlist, right? Right. But you know, like I mean, he crushed that song. It was very good. Yeah. So you're more of a lost without you guy than a blurred lines guy. <laughs> yes. Great. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Great. Um, Are you under pressure now? Yeah. I've done all of mine. Now it's your turn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, last show I watched, uh, the Jeffrey Donner show, and oh, I watched Dahmer? it with Dahmer. Oh, I watched it with my sister, so I got the whole fucking psychological. Why is he like that? Breakdown. Why breakdown of everything? So very interesting. Uh, messed up head. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, book, um, last book I read by Jorge Bucay. Uh, it's a. Uh, I read a lot of psychology books as well. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> um, Who knows what you've surmised about me and Nick in the last like two hours, no. right? Like Jesus Christ! Uh, and then. Uh, the, the book is called El Camino de las Lágrimas. It's not like a depressive book. It's just a very interesting book about uh, perception, about how not being attached to either things, people, or situations, and how to grow out of like... Uh, it's very interesting uh, book. And music. I'm almost weird with music. That's good. I love that. <laughs> weird is good. I love classical music. Oh, same. I do, too. Um, so I'm obsessed right now with um, <laughs> Chopin. Well, it's that. number seven because I'm trying because I play the piano. So when I get a, a song, I like I'm obsessed with it. So I listen to it before I like learn it because I want to like. Like if the song tells me something I'm like, OK, I'm going to spend this time learning you. <laughs> so I'm going to note here. Um, she it may not have occurred to you, but this is a. Uh, there's good information going into this dinner. There is a piano at the Gibson. Yeah. You may need you to get put up her... there and you can play it. Yeah. I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Come on, just maybe, one maybe time. after Anyways. a couple gin tonics, I will. I love that. <laughs> I will, I we will. can we, we can provide that. <laughs> yes, importantly, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. And now it's Tchaikovsky season, so it's coming. I've uh, I'm obsessed with Tchaikovsky and the the Nutcracker. I've never I've liked the play so much, like the music, because I spent a whole summer like learning it. That I've never actually watched the ballet. Because I I've don't want. I've never watched the ballet either. I've never wanted to watch it if it's gonna be mediocre. Because I love the music so much, and I'm like, I'm not gonna screw it. I'm not gonna screw it. I'm just gonna like enjoy the music. This is the first party <laughs> recommendation that involves classical music, and I love that. I'm You're sorry. right. Yeah, that's a little. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I love. It. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, like that. I'm going to recommend a thing actually that I sent you. I'm gonna recommend that people follow a chef in Havana. Oh yeah. So um, uh, the Instagram account is uh, Raulito Basuk. So R A U L I T O B A Z U K. Um, honestly, I do not know very much about this person except that he has a uh, restaurant uh, called Grados in Havana. And according to uh, some things that I found. He might be the only chef in Cuba doing a tasting menu. Um, wow. At least that's what one food blogger in Cuba had to say about him. It's very interesting in that, like, I don't want to go into too much of the political thing because he's there, but he's somewhat outspoken and not shy about who he follows over there. Anyway, he came to our attention because he posted a thing, apparently follows Bancom Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um which, which is wild. Shocking. Which is That's wild. Crazy. Like, like I ended up in a DM thing with him. And um, anyway, I will read. Apologies to the non-Spanish speakers, but I will read this caption to a thing uh, that mentions Ariette, uh, which is again like blows my mind. Same. That, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it blows your mind more than mine. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is a caption on an image that says "La cocina cubana no existe." Punto. Which, to me, I w- it it's and scrolling through this guy's feed and reading captions, it's it's fascinating to see, like to kind of get in the head a little bit of a person who's trying to do what you guys do independently in a place that is as restricted as it is. That like it, it, very different circumstances from anywhere else really in the hemisphere. Every every place has its own unique things, but Cuba has its things. Um, so uh, I'll read this in Spanish. Apologies to the you know, skip forward a minute or so if you don't want to deal with this. Hablemos, conversémoslo. Hace un tiempo le escuché esta frase a un amigo. Es más, se la escucho a cada a cada rato, más preciso una vez cada cada uno o dos años. Porque me la dice a mí cada vez que viene, a, a, que viene de visita. Cuando aquello, al principio, me sonaba mal, me hería algo. Hoy me es más leve. Tanta coma para explicar algo es como meterle más ingredientes a una receta para que quede bien. No vamos por buen camino. Si llamarle versos sencillos a un menú de degustación no es una idea que representa lo cubano, pocas cosas lo, lo harán. Cuando la idea surge y, y se materializa fuera de Cuba por un joven americano de Estados Unidos descendiente, descendiente de cubanos con su equipo de la medida de la transformación eh, de las cosas, es cocina cubana hecha fuera de Cuba. 
Dice mi yunta además que 200 y pía años de historia no son nada. Que la comida cubana es todo un invento. Y digo yo que que Rafa Baró no esté aquí es una desgracia. Y que si el libro El Rey Langosta de Smith, el cocinero cubano de Cano, es un mojón todo el con todo el respeto que se, mere que se merece, ¿para qué hablarte de, que vino, de, de lo que vino después? y que los churros y el arroz con leche son españoles y que no jodan tanto con el sincretismo, que de comida africana en la isla no hay casi nada. A nadie le importa aquel continente, ni siquiera a los cubanos afro afrodescendientes. Incluso el verdadero Pánfilo lo cinceló al láser en nuestras memorias de diamante para siempre. Jama. Aquí lo que hace falta es jama. Pero, siempre hay un pero o dos, repito, Hoy me es más leve lo que dice el Bache, que es el socio de quien les hablo, de que la cocina cubana es una falacia. ¿Qué le voy a hacer? Pero no me convence totalmente. El restaurante donde se sirven versos sencillos es Ariete y está en Miami. Donde se va a servir la tea es en grados. Está en La Habana y aún no tiene página de Instagram. To me, that was like this crazy, like to be in that position of like you're tr it's especially contrasting it with you right like where like you're doing a, a tasting menu for this thing that you have that distant really and he's in it and he's like am i doing a tasting menu for a thing that even exists like what is this what are we doing and then like that he's grappling with that question you know uh, anyway so i like that there's like a bunch of things like scrolling through and it's interesting to see you know, um, somebody who's in that position in a place where the circumstances are so different and they have such a different understanding of the culture and we're here kind of relating to a, some of us relating to a version of the culture that's 60 years old and people who are getting here more recently having this weird syncretism of like old and new generations and people over there like, what the fuck even is this? What are we doing? Um, so anyway, that's the, that's the thing that I'm recommending is follow Raulito Basuk. Uh, for a very different chef follow. It's a very different chef follow. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. I and, guess we can do party recommendations. Uh, or shameless plugs. Oh, yeah. And shameless now plugs. shameless plugs. Uh, this, tell everybody where they can find you and your things on the internet and on the street, maybe. On the street. Tell everybody all the things about you that people should follow and, and know. I mean, my Instagram is... Chef Carla Hoyos in Tacotomia, MX, because of Mexico. Um, we'll be opening the next month. Uh, where can they find? Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all the things. All the things. And finally, you can find Pancom Podcast on all of the social media things at Pancom Podcast. Not Panko Podcast, not Pumpkin Podcast, not Pinko Podcast, but Panko Podcast, like a podcast sandwich. Patreon.com slash DadeMag to give us every penny of your money. All of it. All of your money. Uh, and that's it. Thank you very much. Got a lot. Are we doing a lightning round here? I think we can do a lightning I round. I think we're doing a lightning round. So if you are paying us on Patreon, you get this. Pay us all your money. money. It's just a dollar a month. Uh, yeah, you, you is can, it just a dollar a month? You you can do more. There are certain perks to paying more than a dollar, but you can do a dollar a month, and and you will get for a dollar a month, you will get access to among other things, the following lightning round with Chef Carla Hoyos. 
Well, I mean, we should. Thanks for being on this. And now to the lightning round. <laughs> Thank you.